Welcome back to Therapist Watching Bravo with me, Amanda. And me, Madeline. We are therapists and friends, and we love Bravo. And we're back again. We're back <laughs> again. It's been a journey. You've really been on a journey. I think pe- the journey. people deserve an update. Oh, I've been here. I've been there. I went to Acadia National Park in Maine. Yeah. We got COVID. You really did. I lost my taste. Everything ta- in my smell. It tastes like chalk right now. <laughs> really tragic. Yeah, really tragic. I hate that for you. But we're here for the pod. Yeah, we are. We're back, bitches. We're back. And we're it's happy a- to be here. We are. And especially happy because it's September 1st. Yes. Let's go. It's spooky season. Yeah. It's Which spooky is like, season. To me, this is the official start of fall. Yeah. August is pre-fall. Yes. September is fall. It's fall, fall. Even though it's like 90 still, we are going to pretend and we are going to manifest by wearing, I'm already wearing my fall wardrobe and I'm just pretending yes. like that yes. is bringing the chill. If Once I get that first chill, crisp air, it's I think on. I can't do a cartwheel, but I will do one. <laughs> I will, it will happen. I will just. It will come through you naturally. It will. I really think I'm manifesting that. As am I. Yeah. I'm, I'm really like, excited bring about it that. on. Yeah, no, I'm here for it. I'm wearing my fall wardrobe. Yeah. I have a shirt that says, hello, fall. Oh, wow. With fall leaves Look on it. Look at you. You guys can't see, but we have, I have my ghost mugs out. And they are very cute. Where are these from? Pottery Barn. Yeah, no, this, these are really, really Go cute. Go off Pottery Barn Go off Pottery Barrel. Yeah, they got them some, they got the good glassware. That's for sure. So, we're very excited. Yes, we're happy to be here. Also, we have, like, such a cool episode today. We're going to... It's all about relationships today. Which is so fun. I know. Who doesn't love talking about relationships? (laughs) That's our favorite thing to talk about. Y'all. Okay, so we're going to touch on Bethany... And Rachel, uh, Lindsay, and Carl called off their engagement. We're going to talk about that for a second. But the bulk, from Summer House, from Summer House. Um, but the bulk of the episode is going to be about understanding your relationship dynamic when you're fighting. Yep. Um, to see what position you are. Are you a pursuer? Are you a drawer? And we're going to dememonstrate that through a Katie and Schwartz fight in yes. Mexico. Yes. Katie and Schwartz, a little case study for mm. us today. It's going to be tasty. Little Can't wait to get study, into it. Little real life application. Yes. It's, have some takeaways. Have it's going to be great. Takeaways, how to fight better. We're going to kind of critique them in their argument and be like, okay, like, here's what we could have done. Yeah. And maybe next time we could have tried this, although they are divorced now, so rip. But, you so know, rip. if we could go back in time. Then <laughs> maybe this would have helped. <laughs> yes. Maybe not. But, right. But, yeah, we're going to break it down and then see, like, break it down to understand, like, what is really going on in the fight. Yes. And also in a way that you could apply it to your own relationship and then how to talk about how to fight better. Yes. So. Which, who of us doesn't need that? Because we all, all we all be fighting in our relationships. We all be fighting. It happens. It be true. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's dive in. Uh, we just also wanted to make it like really clear from our last episode. We do not like support Bethany and we think. Yeah, no. That she was still kind of doing what Bravo was she doing. She literally was still exploiting Rachel. Yeah. For her benefit. Like, is Rachel getting a cut of any of that money? Doubtful. Yeah, because Bethany so. was like, I hear people are saying that I'm not paying her. You don't know that. I'm like, literally, you would just say, hey, by the way, I paid her. So everybody shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, instead, you're like, you don't know if I paid her. Like, shut up, Bethany. I'm really, I'm sad because I want to root for Bethany, but I just. I know, me too. It's tough. And you just feel like 
I, again, like, don't like Rachel, but it's just sad. Like, yeah. dude, that was a bad interview that did not no. go well. Like, mm-hmm. people were feeling empathy for her, and then it's just, like, fucked it up. I know. Her taking uh, no accountability, and then now she's going to start a podcast about being the cheat, the mistress well, or the yeah. cheater. What a spin. I don't know. I don't know what her PR team is doing. I don't know how that's going to I feel like we should take a different stance here, but okay, go off, queen. We'll see what happens. We will. But yeah, if if anybody listened to that Bethany podcast, and I would recommend listening to the Bethany rant part. That's just like after the three-part series um, because it's interesting. But, you know, I don't really think she has a lot of legs to stand on. But Bethany's all like, I'm on the right side of history. And I'm like, okay, this is not LGBTQ rights. No, bitch. this is not like hum, human rights. <laughs> I mean, I, I get where she's trying to yeah, go. Yeah, we agree with her sentiment. Right. Um, you know, you can't exploit reality stars. Yeah. If it's really hurting them, people should step in. Like, Rachel should have had a mental health advocate yes. or someone there to help her. I agree with all that. I don't like that the whole tone of the reunion was just to, like, berate the shit out of her. I agree. But... Yeah, the way she's going about it, it's just, just, like, more dramatic than it is. Right, and she's acting like this isn't, like, people sign up for this. I know that people should be protected. They shouldn't be abused or anything like that, of course. But, like, at the end of the day, you're signing up to get a certain edit. You're signing up to, like, put your life out there. And Rachel made those choices. Yeah. You know, like, straight up. Like, we can't edit that in. Like, you did that. Exactly. So, uh, anyways, so... We'll see what happens with Bethany and Rachel in the coming months. I'm I'm gonna be fascinated to see where Rachel goes after this. Yeah, me too. Anywho, ha. Huh? Okay, we just want to touch on that. Yes. Moving on, to just real quickly, I don't know if you guys saw or if you watched Summer House, but Lindsay and Carl broke up, which is apparently tea because I do not watch Summer House. I watched the first season, so I know who they are, Mm -hmm. but I was not super familiar with their relationship. Yeah, so just like real quick, and we're going to apply it like more to the real world, or just like about what it makes you think about like other people's relationships. Like Lindsay and Carl were OGs on Summer House. They were friends for a very long time. Carl has addiction issues. He is now sober, which is great. We love that. And it runs in his family, right? Runs in his family. He lost his brother to an overdose, which is like very sad. Lindsay was very supportive throughout that. It was actually like very sweet and they had been very good friends right Lindsay uh just from watching the show I don't know if she's kind of on the addiction spectrum but she definitely drinks heavily like she turns all the way up and should maybe like evaluate how alcohol is like helping or hurting her right and she's not just turning up like once in a blue moon she's like it's like a lot of blackouts frequent yeah yeah um just like a lot of heavy drinking right which I think you should always kind of evaluate yeah if you're drinking heavily frequently. Yeah, I think just understanding your relationship with alcohol. Why are I think you we doing talked about this? that a lot. How are you here. feeling before you take a drink? Exactly. Like what's the function of this? What consequences does it have? Right. Like, yeah, what's what's the reasoning I'm reaching for this? And is it, you know, a cope a negative coping skill or what? So yeah. I don't know. I think it's fascinating that I, just in general, in ro- romantic relationships, or even, like, friendships, when you have a sober partner, yes, like, how do you operate in the relationship? And I've, I've had some clients and some friends who have sober partners, and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna, like, not do that anymore. And then there's plenty of people who still, like, one person's sober and the other person isn't. But I, I would imagine that it's really hard if you're fresh in your sobriety, and then, like, 
Because mm-hmm. he hasn't been that sober for that long, right? No, maybe he's got like two or three years under his belt now. Yeah. But, and also, I mean, I think he's still having to really actively work on it. Right. Which is just a part of it. Totally. But it leaves you vulnerable, I think, if, and Lindsay was sober for a period of time, like yeah. several months. Like it was good. And I think it was yeah. good for her. It was good for the relationship. It was supportive of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think she started to drink heavily again. Yeah. And if he's kind of really working in his sobriety and she's drinking heavily, yeah. That is a hard match. That's a hard dynamic to I, work in in the relationship. And I think it, like, I always, like, say this, but it does, like, it makes your relationship vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And, like, you don't want to do that. No. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I, I don't know, like, if there's a perfect answer to, like, okay, if your partner's sober, then you be sober. Like, I think you gotta I so be, agree. you gotta be on the same page, yeah. but I, it, it would be hard for me to imagine if someone was like blacking out frequently to like being with somebody and I guess they were engaged. Yes, they were yeah, engaged. They were engaged and then calling that off, whatever. But like, you know, being engaged to somebody who's sober and then you're blacking out frequently, that's a hard like place to live in all the time. Uh-huh. So I, I could see why that fell apart I guess yeah and I think it also like makes me think of of both of them had like a lot of they share this on the show like a lot of trauma histories like Lindsay talks about being abandoned by her mom which is horrible and so sad and she's been to a lot of therapy for it but she would get like very reactive and she I thought it was a really good name she would say I'm activated (laughs) and she would like yell that and it was kind of it made for good TV and I was like damn right you activated like I'm gonna borrow that you're so activated right now yeah Um, and you like saw her throughout her other relationships like how activated she would get but my point in kind of acknowledging that is like you have to really deeply continue to work on that stuff yeah to have a super healthy relationship like, like understanding your attachment style yes yeah and why you are so reactive and i and right. kind of the impression i would get is that sometimes she would justify i am allowed to get this reactive because you do this right i promise you that won't end well yeah (laughs) yeah like i get to have whatever reaction i want because this is how i feel i can go off on you and you deserve it i don't know how sustainable that is yeah i don't either that feels kind of abusive of therapy talk in my opinion because it's like i think i think some people are like oh i'm just like speaking my truth Uh or i'm just like expressing myself and guess what like how you express yourself can at times it it matters and it can be damaging yes so it's like you still have to you can't be like harmful and how you express yourself like that's when it's like yeah not like okay. your feelings of anger or rage or betrayal yeah. or whatever it is are valid but like you can't just go off on people right and also like call it like i'm just direct or brutally honest yeah or you made me get activated yeah there's a line there like there's definitely a line there and like people are human shit happens whatever but mm-hmm. like you can't just be like yeah i'm just gonna pop off and like that's just me lol like yeah. that's just like not how that works no actually yeah (laughs) yeah if you care about someone you have to care about how you come off and like I feel like I talk about this like frequently um at work of just you have to care about that even if like you're really comfortable like going back and forth or debating with someone yeah but if your partner is not or like does not feel good when you come out with them that's something you have to like care about yeah I, okay for example i've been reading the love prescription the new john gottman book oh it's great it's like seven principles but condensed and cool. for i probably have talked about john gottman on here before but he's a re, you know relationship researcher they have a love lab it's very fascinating lots of like years and years of research that's just really helpful for building up stronger relationships and maintaining and 
conflict and all that good stuff. But so I do recommend it's actually a pretty short read. Um, but he was talking about in the book, oh God, he was talking, I just lost my train of thought after just describing that. But basically he was, I'm trying to think about what you just said. (laughs) It'll come back to Caring about how you come off on your partner. Oh yes. It was talking about like, okay, they did a study and it was the, you know, results of the study were essentially, even if your intention is pure, it does not matter. Yeah. Like it's about the impact. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. Cause you know, I think a lot of times in therapy, if I'm in family therapy or couples therapy or even an individual and we're trying to like empathize with the other person, I'm like, okay, where do you think they're coming from? Like trying mm-hmm. to, you know, you always want to tr- challenge your own perspective and empathize and see people's intentions. That's helpful. But it's, I thought it was really interesting. Like that doesn't absolve you no. of your impact. No. And so I, I think that that's fascinating. It's like a couple part process. Yes. Like your intention has to be good. Yeah. Your delivery has to be good. Your tone has to be good. You right. Have to be, uh, also like, I want to just not to go too far on a tangent, but like, I think there is like, that is all very true and it's mm-hmm. a process. And I think your partner also has to have some like flexibility if you're not going to get it perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a two-way street too. It is hard. It, it's hard. It's not like a exact science. Exactly. But it's it's fascinating that I, I thought it was really interesting that like it doesn't absolve you even if your intentions are pure. Like if you're like, you know, being abusive or like emotionally whatever, verbally whatever, and your intentions are pure, or, that's not gonna get you what you want or make the relationship stronger. Or even if like you got cheated on and you have every right to be angry at the person. Yeah. If you keep screaming and you're like you mf'er you blah right. blah blah like. That yeah, that's still gonna damage the relationship. It's not going to yeah. bring you closer. Yeah, which which sucks because that person deserves to be mad. Yeah, but it's just yeah. So anyways, relationships are hard. I think that's why our job exists. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah, I think we just wanted to comment on like with Lindsay and Carl, like I yeah. guess not being surprised in a way that they called off the engagement because they just have like a lot of stuff that needs like a lot of like active work if you want a really healthy relationship and it right. can totally be done. But everyone has to be really honest about how their past history um, affects their current dynamic. Because it will pop up in your romantic relationship. That's like exactly where it pops up. 100%. Got to be on the same page. Yes. Okay. Moving on to the meat of it. Yes. Katie and Schwartz. Okay. So first we're going to start by just like explaining a little bit about relationship dynamics. Yes. And then we're going to like look at it through the fight with Katie and Schwartz. We're going to play it. Mm-hmm. We got a having, clip. We got a clip from them in Mexico. And then we're going to break it down. Yeah. So really commonly and what we're really talking about is romantic relationships. But I do think this can be loosely applied to friendships, co-working relationships. Yeah. Um, it probably doesn't get as heated or reactive because those people aren't as like important in your life as your romantic partner. Right. You're not as intimately connected as you would be. But like I've noticed these patterns like with my friends. Yeah. So I think it's like, let's apply it to all of it. Right. Um, okay. So generally in a relationship, most of the time, not all of the time, but these two people always find each other. I joke. <laughs> I have found one. Madeline has yes, found one as well. I have. There is one person that usually not all the time, but is the woman who likes to turn up the emotional volume when there's conflict. They want to talk about it. They tend to be more reactive. They can be more critical, um, repeat the issue over and over. That is the pursuer in the relationship. Yeah. And also it may not look that volatile, maybe softer. Right. Um, like they 
they like, initiate more date nights. I was about to say, they initiate more conversations and date nights They and initiate stuff like that. more connection. Right. More opportunities. Like, they're more likely to reach out yeah. to the other one. Yeah, so there's, like, a spectrum of this. Yeah. Um, and then, all, so that person, the pursuer, always finds the withdrawer. And I think it's, like, 70% of all hetero, yes. heterosexual relationships, man is withdrawer, woman's pursuer. It is that is right? close. It is 70% have the pursuer-withdrawer dynamic. Oh. The other 30%... Our pursue, pursue. Ooh. Those people usually break up. Yeah. <laughs> or withdraw, withdraw. Which do you even talk? Yeah, at exactly. That point? That's, um, yeah. Or sometimes, like after you've been in a pursue, withdraw dynamic for several, several years, the pursuer can become burnt out. Yeah. And then look like a withdrawer. And right. like what a withdrawer is, is it tends to be men. Again, like not all the time it is, but right. like men just don't talk about their feelings as much. Like yeah, women tend to talk more. Like when they're children to. I also, like that, like we are. Yes, I also think like household labor and stuff falls on women more than it does on men, so it does put you in a position to have to bring things up more because yeah. so much falls on you. Right. But the withdrawer is, sorry to keep getting back to that point, they like to turn down the emotion of volume. They right. which obviously withdraw, avoid, they don't want to talk about things as much. Yeah. And it is confusing because I think like what we'll see with Schwartz is withdrawers can also be reactive. Yeah. Like they can also be mean, but their point is like they are wanting to get away from the conflict. Yes. Whereas pursuers tend to more want to like get into it. Yes. And both are trying to preserve the relationship in yes. a different way. It does not look like that on the surface, but you have like such a good point. Yes. This is like the way of them trying to maintain the relationship. One person's like, let's not talk about it. The jar is like, let's not talk about it. Like, let's go do other stuff to preserve the relationship. The other person's like, let's fix it to preserve the relationship. And the... Neither one is better or worse than the other, but the tricky part about it is each one cues up the other one yes. and keeps you entrenched and stuck unless you find a different way to talk about it. And you just stay in that little pattern that until you notice loop. it. Yes. And something that you've said, Amanda, to me that's like stuck out in this modality of therapy is like, it's you are not the enemy of each other. The pattern is the enemy. Uh-huh. And it's like y'all against the pattern. I love that. I think that's a really good way to put it. I think it's like a good place to start because yeah. like people will be like, you wanting to talk about it and yelling and screaming, you're the problem. Right. And then the pursuer always thinks you're the problem. You don't want to talk about anything. Neither one of you is the problem. Both no. are valid ways of dealing with conflict. Um, it's the ish- it's the cycle that's the problem. Right. Exactly. That's the what bitch you said. in this situation is the cycle. Mm-hmm. Me v you. No, me and you v the cycle. Yes, exactly. Let's We're go. We're on the same team. We're on the- and one more thing before we like play the clip. The shitty thing about the cycle is like the more you pursue someone, the more they withdraw. The right. more they withdraw, the more you pursue. Exactly. So, like, you so. Stay stuck. Yeah, it becomes this like chasing game. And like what ultimately like I try and help couples do or like what you want to do in your relationship is have that pursuing person like take a step back. Right. Be softer, be more vulnerable and have that withdrawing person also be softer and more vulnerable and take a step up. Yes. To talk about things. So you're more meeting in the middle. Right. That flips the dynamic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have a clip of Katie and Schwartz that we're about to play for y'all and try to see if you can notice the dynamic playing out in this and we'll come back on the other side of this. Yeah. So this is like a later season. They just went to Mexico for, I don't know what, but Katie started to get, they just opened Tom Tom. So Tom has been like pretty like unavailable in a lot of ways. And also then what queued up this fight was they were on the flight down there and Tom got upgraded to first class and wouldn't give it to Katie. Which... 
in, enraged Damn. Katie, she started rage texting and then here they are at the hotel fighting about it. Yes. So we're going to talk about what it looks like and then what we think that they're saying beneath it and mm-hmm. then how they should have talked differently about it. Love it. Action. You're right about everything. You're right about me. You're right about you. You're right about how like you stick up for your friends when it comes to your wife. You're delirious and you're acting like a fool. Why don't you just admit that you have not been fooling me? I've been so patient. I've been so understanding. I can't believe I'm having to deal with this because you had to sit in a random seat. Tom, that's not it. Look at this. That's not it. The last four months, I've barely seen you. I see you every day. We hang out. And then you don't have time. I've asked Tom, you know this is not a mystery to you. That's a job. I have to work. I have obligations. I know you've been getting I told you that I missed you. Of course, I'm not upset that Tom has been spending a lot of time opening TomTom. I'm mad that Tom hasn't been making any extra effort with me in our relationship. Just because you have a bar now does not mean you should neglect your wife. By now, you should be able to just talk to me and be like, I just, I've been feeling like, you know, you've been checked I've out a little bit. I've already done that, bit. so move on. What's next? You haven't done that. So much better than this. If we have neighbors, I already feel super bad now. Now let's deflect. I'm not deflecting. Let's also be self-aware. You can't have a conversation. Kind of a little bit, yeah. Listen, okay. Why didn't you Stop communi- talking and listen, Tom. All I need you to do is just listen to me sometimes. Promise, I don't like the sound of your voice. All right. The problem is I don't like the sound of your voice. Oh, that makes me want to flip the table. That's so mean. That was straight up mean. That was just ugly. You don't need to say that. Okay, so that moved fast. That was intense. Yes. If you guys had to guess who was the pursuer (laughs) and who was the withdrawer. it Actually, I think that clip is like a little confusing because Tom is pretty reactive. Yeah, he's amped up too. But what I hear him say is like, we're doing this again. Like, come on. I don't want to do this again. Yeah. I don't want to fight. Like, put this down. Like, this is pointless. Let's just not. Let's just not fight about this. So Tom is definitely the withdrawer. 100%. Katie's definitely the pursuer. Rage yes. texting, a pursuer move. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then you could hear Tom. Like, okay, let's break it down. Um, you could hear Tom like over and over like deflecting and minimizing yes like i know you guys couldn't see the clip but he was like look at this like gesturing to the beach like we're right. here why are we fighting what you're saying doesn't matter Yeah, you're just getting upset over a seat yeah you're just getting over a seat it's not about the seat it's not like, about the damn seat minimizing right i don't like the sound of your voice like what a reactive like mm-hmm. get off me it's like very move. on defense very defensive yeah very defensive yeah and you could hear like your point is like he didn't want to keep talking about it right like as soon as we could shut down this conversation like yeah minimize i'm done we're on vacation right people are hearing us yes i feel bad for them meanwhile she he's missing what the heart of what she's saying and it's understandable that he's missing it right because katie isn't really being soft or vulnerable or nice no she says some words like i miss you it's not about that i just want you to fucking listen to me right again back to your point her intention Mm -hmm. yes is to bring him closer yeah right uh or it's like her words are right but when you're yelling and you're heated like that just fucking listen to me right he's gonna he's gonna be defensive yes 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 which ideally it'd be great if he wasn't but like that's a natural human response to that in my opinion to that sort of like 
tenor of that conversation. Yes, and you could hear her tone. She was very, like, on the offense. Right. Um, attacking. Yeah. Critical. Right, and she... She's it, mean. Yes. And what I'm hearing her say is, I feel lonely and I miss you. And, like, it sounds... And I really... Whenever she was like, oh, I've said that already before and it didn't work, so what now? Like, she sounds really fed up and just, like, at the end of her rope. Yes, which is tricky because if she has said, like, hey, honey, like, I'm... Yeah. You're at the bar a lot. Like, I just really miss you. Like, can I we need, have a date night or can we... Whatever. I need to spend some time with you. And right. if he, like, did blow her off, which yeah. I kind of guess I'm sure he did. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, I'm also sure she probably wasn't that soft either with it. Yeah. But it does it does put you in a difficult position to, like, have to amp up. Right. Like, I, that's, I think, where the cycle starts to take off is because that was, like, a try for a bid for connection. I'm yes. sure it wasn't that soft. There was, like, some criticism or it wasn't right. very clear. So Tom wasn't in the best position to respond to it right he's defensive he doesn't or doesn't pick up on her bid for connection yeah. so he withdraws her voids in that way so she's got to amp up she yeah. gets louder she gets meaner he gets more defensive yeah more, more locked down yeah and you could hear him just go around and around yep so that is the cycle. Yes, that is like a great example of that playing out, in my opinion. Yes, and I liked like what you said, because like the cycle doesn't always start off so volatile. Like no. it, it starts off soft like this, like, hey, I want to spend time. And even if he did say, I right. miss you too, but he doesn't do anything about it. Right, he turns away from the connection bid, yes. essentially, then she's left feeling angrier and angrier and then it gets louder and louder and then it becomes fighting in Mexico on the balcony where everybody can hear you. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. Mm-hmm. It's not productive. And I think all of us could probably like relate to some kind of fight that like we've had. Totally. And like when you that. don't feel hurt, like I, like there's a piece of me that relates to uh-huh. Katie, like how frustrating it feels like when you feel unheard. Um, not you, Austin, you're perfect. Love you. Um, but love like, you, you know, <laughs> love you, Gardner. Love you, Gardner. Um, but, but, you know, it's like if you feel unheard, it's a really, um, I hate using the word triggered because I feel like it's overused, but it's a tr- it's an activating um, situation when you feel unheard. I feel mm-hmm. that, I hear that come up in therapy all the freaking time. Well, and I think that's like kind of one of our um, core needs yeah. in a relationship is to be heard and seen and valued yep. and cared for. And like when you get really this is so now we're going to look like what is driving the destructive behaviors, what's driving right. the pursuer, the withdrawing when those like relationship needs aren't met or you're scared that they yeah. aren't being met or you're scared. Your partner doesn't view you as important or cares for you like how Katie was feeling. Yeah. Then it like what comes out on top normally is that like very aggressive behavior. Right. But always underneath it is like that soft stuff of like, do I matter? Yeah. If I'm hurting and I call you, will you respond? And right. Come? Will you reach out when yeah. you come when I call? Yeah, that's that's such a big thing. And when that's in question, that's what makes you do crazy shit. Exactly. And like when we see these threats to our relationships, it can be very activating. It is, it's terrifying. Yeah. You really go into like fight or flight like yep. you see them do. And then like on the reverse side, like on Tom's to kind of take a stab of like what he is feeling more deeply. Yeah. It's probably like I'm feeling like I'm not enough. Right. I don't I'm know. always messing up. I'm always messing up. I never get it right for right. you. Like that makes it's me never feel enough. Never enough. That makes me feel like a shitty husband, yep. a shitty man. Yeah. And I don't like feeling that way. So I'm going to push back. 
Right. I'm not going to look at that part. Yeah, exactly. And deflect, I, deflect, deflect, because it's like, oh, you will never be happy with me. That's I'll what it feels be, like for the result. Yeah, you'll yeah. never be happy with me. And if you're never going to be happy with you and I'm never enough, do you that even love me? Right, yep. Like, that's yeah. so sad. It is sad. So both, I mean, both are valid in how they feel. Yes. Like, the experience is like, yeah, that is shitty for both parties. Mm-hmm. So, again, y'all are not the enemy of each other. The cycle is the enemy. Yes. And like the whole point is like not to never have these fights. They will continue to happen. That's just normal. That is just life. But the whole point is to know that there is more beneath the surface. Yep. To to also know that when I pursue or when I withdraw, although I may not be intending to, that hurts my partner. Yes. And it hurts our relationship. Yes. I don't mean to. It's a valid way. Like, we're not shitting on anyone. Right. We want to redo that cycle, though. We want to create, like, a positive cycle of connecting. Yeah. So the first step is to, like, acknowledge it and be like, hey, we are stuck in this cycle. Yeah. It is me and you versus the cycle, like, not against each other. Let's pause. Let's notice it. Like, let's grab that moment right here. Right. So the cycle does not take over our relationship again. Yes. So that's the first step is to call it out. Out, not call out yeah, your partner. Yeah, just like name it. Yeah, name it, not the yeah, yeah. shit your partner's pulling. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> you're pursuing! Right, like stop. <laughs> yes. So that's like the first step. And then the second step, which I think is like really hard, is to take a stab at talking about those more vulnerable feelings that are happening beneath. Like, right. I get really angry and rage text you when I'm not feeling important. Right, yeah. When I feel alone and, like, you're not going to be there, I get really activated. I get really stressed. Mm-hmm. I, and then I ramp it up. Like, kind and, of explaining that so they can connect that feeling. And that is such a different tone, what you yes. said, than Katie saying, you're not fucking listening to me. Right. Like, same kind of sentiment. yes. It really gets to the heart of it. But yes, that is, again, like why all of it matters. Like how yes. you say it, the words you say. Right. Because um, that get, it's not like 100% going to work all of the time, but it gives it the best opportunity yeah. for your partner. That elicits more connection when you're soft. Yes, like that your partner can actually hear you. Yes. And has a higher chance of hearing you. For And you said, you touched on this earlier, so the pursuer should take a step back. Mm-hmm. And the withdrawer needs to take a step forward. Yes. So this is, and that's just kind of one way I conceptualize it. Yeah. Um, that is also, it's also on the withdrawer to acknowledge, hey, when I don't feel good enough, right? I pull away. Yeah. I deflect. When you say things like I'm not listening or I'm not doing enough, we're not going on date nights. I hear you say I'm not good enough. I'm mm-hmm. not man enough. Yeah, uh, and it'll never. I'll never feel fulfill like what you need. Mm-hmm. Like or I'll never be enough for you. To even just say that hurts my feelings. Right. That would be huge for a withdrawer to say that, that. hurts my feelings. When my feelings are hurt, I tell you to back the fuck off. Right. I deflect. I minimize because yep. my feelings are really hurt. Yep. So yeah, the withdrawer reaching out and kind of saying how they're feeling. That's huge. That's huge because, and what's so important about like acknowledging how you're really feeling is then your partner can feel that like invisible string to you. They can feel your heart. Oh, Taylor Swift reference. That's so sweet. And you're wearing your Taylor Swift era shirt. I am. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> that was so pure. Love her. Shout out. <laughs> but, and I also think like one thing I want to comment on, because I think this like comes up a lot is like, you have to say this stuff over and over again. Right. 
like you may have like Gardner and I have similar patterns and similar fights but like you have to say just like you don't say I love you like one time the day right. you get married yeah it's like you say over and over I'm sad I'm hurt I'm angry this mm-hmm. left me feeling this way when you did that it made me think of this and like I felt that right not blaming them for your reaction but right. like this is what it meant to me yeah just so you know like this is what's happening underneath the surface yes and what like response is coming up in me that is intimacy yes that is when you're vulnerable to show like your soft underbelly of like your fears and your hurts. And when you show that part and talk about that and connect it to the destructive behavior that you do to the relationship, that is a way different tune. Yep. And if Katie and Tom did that in Mexico, who knows where they'd be? Who knows? Or if if they did it continuously in their relationship, I guess, not just that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over and over again. Pour one out for Katie and Tom. Or a little of our coffee out. Yeah. Rip. Anyways. So that is, I guess, like mostly our episode. Yeah. So if you notice yourself getting caught in that cycle, like one, know you're not alone. Yep. Two, acknowledge it. Yep. Three, own the behavior that you do, whether it is more of a withdrawing thing or more of a, a pursuer thing, reactive thing. Um after you own that behavior, then connect it to like what you're really feeling and risk yeah. risk sharing that with your partner. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Good luck. Okay, one more thing I want to say about that. Because people are like, well, how do we fix the problem? Right. Like, because sure, there's like shit you have to figure out. Yeah. Like, you have to figure out your finances. You have to figure out what house you're going to buy. Right. Whatever it is. When you connect first... Then you're in a place where your defenses are down. Yes. You're feeling connected to your partner. That relationship is strong. Then we can talk through how do we navigate this decision that we're going to make. Right. Yeah. Build up the trust and the friendship and all of that stuff on the front end. And then you're most likely going to handle your conflict significantly better than you would before. You always want to de-escalate and connect first and then problem solve. Yes. And that's just some relationships equations for you today. There you go. There you go. Okay. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. Glad to be back. Don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Hit us in the DMs if you got any suggestions. Hit us in the DMs. You can follow us on Instagram at therapistswatchingbravo. Yeah. Also, email us at therapistswatchingbravo at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, love us. Yes. Share us with your friends. Absolutely. We love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.